Well, it's trash day, so I'm going to talk trash. It's the news, according to me. Hope this thing records. It's getting kind of kind of a mess here. It is. It's Wednesday, 1:46 Eastern Standard Time, December 20th, 2023. And I'm sorry I didn't have a show. I, I actually recorded a show yesterday. I actually recorded a show Monday. Uh, I think it was late in the day Monday, and uh, didn't uh, didn't get it put out. Didn't get it published. Didn't get it. Uh, put on there. I should just do those. When I do those on the road like that, when I'm just doing a short show, I probably should just do those live because it was, it was just a short, it was like a 15, 20 minute show. And, uh, talking about some of the things that had happened over the weekend, some of the things I was upset about. Uh, there's plenty of content, plenty of stuff going on right now. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully this thing's recording because it's, uh, it's being really, kind of, it's being very, yeah, the, 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 the the pictorial uh, looking very well. It's doing a lot of weird. It's doing a lot of weird things. Um, apparently, it's recording though, so that's good. I guess, I guess it's recording. At least it's showing this. Showing, I don't know. Anyway, uh, what everybody's talking about is everybody's all jumping in on this whole uh, Anthony Brian Logan. He's he's a guy. Uh, AB, ABP ABL ABL. This guy's been. Uh, he's had a show for a long time. He's he's. Uh, really good. His shows are, tend to be a little bit longer. I have a tendency to not, I listen to more of his, his cuts from his show. And a lot of these guys will do like a two hour show, two or three hours sometimes. Uh, like Robert Gavea, he'll have a, a live broadcast and he'll, and he'll create from that live show. He'll create a lot of segments from that. And he actually records it as such during the, during each segment that he does on, on the live recordings. So he live streams in the evening. It takes segments from that. And he actually even cuts down some of the, uh, some of the time between speeds it up a little bit. He'll, he'll he'll actually go through and edit out some of the some of the spaces. Uh, just like like he'll he'll take out like right there. I just did a, a breath. He'll he'll take those out of there and just keep it moving. So he actually cuts down like ten minutes of, of his show will be maybe fifteen or fifteen minutes of uh, actually content, which is which is awesome um, when you're listening to the shorts. But then you don't always get everything, all the nuance of everything in between that. So listening to the live broadcast is much, much better. However, I don't always have time to do that unless I'm driving, happen to be driving or something or doing nothing, eating dinner or something at the time that he's, he's doing that. Us, I, I did actually get to go to, uh, I spent, uh, I didn't spend as much time in Des Moines as I'd planned. I, there were some flight issues, but, uh, I did spend an evening in, in Newark, New Jersey, which was an interesting time. And then I, I, um, I spent the night in uh, Des Moines last night, but Des Moines, Iowa. However, it was not as much time. Ron DeSantis' bus—he has two buses, buses there in Des Moines—and they were they were in the parking lot of the hotel I was in. One of them was running, so I'm not sure exactly what's going on there. I, I don't know when the Iowa caucus is. It's got to be coming close, but there, there was nothing going on there at the, at the buses. There was nothing going on at the hotel, so nothing. I don't know what was happening there, but. Um, you know, I, I kind of expected to see him there, but those, those buses are there. I think he keeps a couple of buses, one or two buses in a lot of states, um, at least. I'm not sure where he's going to keep all the Super Tuesday stuff, but apparently he's got, he's got buses that are out there um, in most of the, he's got, he's got prepped things ready to go for the primary. I would, I would assume the primary, you know, the, the, the capital of the, where the primaries are being held. In many of these uh, states, that's that's the way some of them do that. Now he's you know, he's got buses sitting there 
I'm sure that's not you know it's not cheap probably to keep them in the parking lot all the time, but um, just got to keep somebody manning those for him. But you can use those as headquarters as well. So if you do it, if you manage it correctly, you know it's it's sitting out there as this big huge billboard as well as you know being able to be kind of a, a headquarters, mobile headquarters where you can kind of do your stuff. You don't have to lease some uh, you know facility from somewhere. And it's mobile. You can go around, you know, do a tour of the state, whatever you want to do. It's 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 pretty good, fairly efficient uh, use of of funds if he's managing it well. Just like my cup, I manage my cup here uh, pretty well. I've got I've got chai. It's about almost gone. However, I'm kind of hoping to get through this pretty quickly because I want I need to get into my backup cup. I'm at the home studio this morning or this afternoon, I guess it is. Um, I got my vanilla chai with my cinnamon creamer, and I've got my backup cup is one of my favorite drinks. It's uh, Chick-fil-A sweet sweet tea. Got it this morning on my way back from Chicago as I was driving back from Chicago. Swung in there to uh, exit 2A on the Illinois side. Uh, you can go to 2A on the, on the Indiana side, but you have to go about four miles to get to a Chick-fil-A there. But you, you can get off on the 2A side, and it's actually right there. It's within about a block. Problem with it is getting back on the freeway from there is a little bit of a trick, but it's it's easy to get off there and just drop right into the Chick-fil-A there. They did a great job. So I got a little bit of breakfast there and got my sweet tea, which is that's what it's all about. Now, there are a couple things that I want to talk about. Uh, this is going to be a fairly recent, a reasonably short show this morning, this afternoon, whatever it is. I want to get this published out there real quick. A couple things. Uh, Liz Cheney's selling a book, so you're going to see her back on MSNBC. She was actually, I think, even on Fox, so that her, her publishers must be paying for a, a major book tour for her because they don't. Fox doesn't usually have her on very much anymore. Um, however, that's not because of Trump. It's just because they just don't. They, she's she's not part of the part of. The, she's not a good face anymore for the Republican Party anymore. She um, she's out there again. Again, talking about the danger of this of, of Trump, Donald Trump becoming, you know, the president, and how we have to. And I'll, she says at any cost, no matter what it costs, we, we need to. It must be stopped at all cost. But I, that's all cost. That means nothing's off the table, and that 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 I'm, I'm assuming that is that that includes assassination. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna put lump that kind of stuff on Donald Trump for saying anything. We got to fight. Okay, well then, there you go. He's an insurrectionist. If she says at all costs, that means okay. There you go. She's she's willing to go nuclear on the thing. That's that's reckless language. That she's that's what she says. That's how she uses it. So that's where we're going with this. I assume that's the standard we're using now. You know, just trying to maintain a sense of. Uh, consistency here with our standards so at the same time all this stuff is going on we have um another thing happening uh this, the colorado issue now anthony brian logan had a, had a very good uh, abl had a very good uh take on this i think he, he he's doing a good job with uh analyzing some things he actually discovered some things about the the whole issue um because it's going to go on appeal now when i first heard this and i um robert gavea actually was the first one i heard it from now i'm not a lawyer i'm not a doctor i'm not a Economist. I'm not a financial counselor. I'm not any kind of a uh, yeah. 
expert on anything. The, the um, I just got a bunch of opinions, so just go with that. We'll just go with that. They have they have a an interesting issue with um, this Colorado Supreme Court. I guess it was a four three decision. Apparently, they have seven people on their on their Supreme Court there in in Colorado. Now, when I first heard this, I did not think that they could appeal this to the to the Supreme Court. Now, I, I would I would be shocked. I'll be shocked if they actually take it. If, if it does, from what I understand, it's supposed to go up on appeal right away. Now, as soon as it goes up on appeal, it everything is stayed. In other words, it 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 cannot be enforced until the appeal is is either decided on by the Supreme Court, or you know, when they do a ruling, uh, or if they if they refuse to, to take it and say, say that they have no standing. One of the two, they, they can either refuse to take it or they can take it. And then of course that at that point they can either rule for or against it, or they can rule that they have no jurisdiction over states. But, and here's where the, this is where the sticky wicket comes in. I guess this is where the, where the issue is. And one of the things that, that Govea said, and I, 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 this is what my concern was right off the bat when I first heard it as well, is all the other states. I think there's a total – there may be – I may have lost track of the numbers. My understanding is there's a total of 38 states that filed to have him removed from the ballot, to have Trump removed from the ballot. And I think that seven of those now have been thrown out. 31 of them are still – on the plate, and this is the first one of those 31 that has actually had a ruling. My understanding is that this ruling now uh, can be appealed to the Supreme Court. Now, whether or not they'll take it or not, is, that's, that's my question, is whether or not they'll even accept it, because they, they didn't want to take any, they didn't want to take anything to do with the 20, uh, 2020 election at all. They didn't uh, – so, so depending on what they do with that. And then, of course, I, I've been kind of shocked and amazed actually. Now, of course, Liz Cheney was – she came out in favor of the ruling. She, she thought the ruling was actually accurate and it was well done. Well, we have to. You know, we have to keep him off because he's an insurrectionist. So they're basing this on the 14th Amendment. And I think that's where it plays into the Supreme Court having to rule on this. That's where they have standing because they are – imposing the 14th Amendment to, keep, to get him off the ballot. Of course, this is all the Democrats, of course, and the Democrats and their Democratic Party, the Democrats, they're all about democracy and saving our democracy. So by doing so, they're going to eliminate the people's choice of having Donald Trump on the, on the, market, on the uh, ballot. Because we can't have that. These, these people are such hypocrites. They're so blind in their rage, they don't even realize that they're completely undermining their very, very... Name that they're called themselves by. We're the Democratic Party. Yeah, so this is democracy then. By eliminating our choices, not letting the people decide. And I, I have to hand it to Chris Christie. He actually came out and said he doesn't like the ruling. He, wish, you know, he, wants, people, he wants the people to decide this. The people to vote him out. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want the decision to be made by any court. He wants the decision to be made by the people. And I... I have to say that that's uh, he, he could have very easily st stood up and said the same thing that Liz Cheney and everybody. And here, here's the issue. And this is this is the thing that's, that's concerning is once they have one do that, it's like dominoes. Once one Supreme Court does it, they can say, well, we're citing, you know, what, what this other Supreme Court did. 
So they're, they're all ruling he's an insurrectionist, and so therefore we must keep him off the ballot. So they're, they're going to play on that and use that they're gonna, as, as a precedent. As a, you know, as, well, everybody else is doing it, so we're going to do it too. Now we, we have, you know, prudence to do this. So, so, so I don't know what they're going to do now with this. Um, however, the problem is once it's appealed, here's, here's where the, the tricky wicket comes into this whole thing. Once it is on appeal, it, it is stayed. In other words, they can't in, invoke the ruling by, this, by the Colorado Supreme Court. So it, it is stayed. Then what happens is it has to wait until the Supreme Court does a ruling on it. Well, they have until January 4th, basically, because of the rules in Colorado that anyone on, that's going to be on the ballot, they can't take anyone off the ballot after January 4th, the way, the way the rules are written. Now, they've changed them in the past, and of course, I'm sure that they will. If, well, this is a case of whatever, you know, they might say, well, we can retroactivate this because it was, because they ruled in favor. Because if, if, if the Supreme Court comes through and rules in favor of this, then everybody's going to use it. This is, this is a very, very tough situation here for the Supreme Court. And I don't trust our Supreme Court that much. I mean, they, they are good on a few things here recently. But when it comes to elections and it comes to some other things, I'm sorry, but I don't trust them. They are... Mark Dice had a really good uh, program this morning. Explained the difference between neocons and paleo-conservatives. Neocon conservatives and paleo-conservatives. The, the conservative, the, the term conservative or the label conservative, the conservative movement has been hijacked by the, the establishment Republican Party. They like to call themselves. So, Lindsey Graham is a perfect example of this. He'll, he'll come out and say, oh, I'm a conservative. Yeah, I'm conservative. I'm conservative. I'm, I'm Republican. I'm conservative. Whatever, whatever you're going to call yourself today, that's, that's the party I'm on. He, he has no idea what, what the conservative movement is, is even about. He doesn't understand what, 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 what he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to define what a conservative is opposed to a Republican. He has no idea. No idea. He is a Warhawk neocon Republican. They're, they're almost like a rhino. Republican in name only. They're, they're not, not the same, but there's this whole division. And this happened back in the 60s. And if, if you know anything about the John Birch Society, they were given a bad rap. They were given, it was, the deep state really was, this is where they, they came into this whole thing. And it's, uh, Mark Dice says it, it spells it out really well. I guess his book, it does it even better. But he did a pretty good job on, the, on his show to, to just synopse the whole thing, uh, simplify the whole thing. So it's, it's one of those things where he, um, the neocons, the neoconservatives, neocons, are more about the industrial complex and they're using the opposition to the Democrats um, as their, that's their, that's really all they are. They're the anti-Democrat party. They don't care about what, what the Republican party stands for. Anything that their Democrats don't, that, this is why we get such polarization. So they're, they're just about as guilty for the polarization in our nation as, as anybody, as the left is even, because it's, it's just, that's what they're about. They're just, you know, the, the left goes, you know, if, if the right wants to do one thing, then they're all against that. The left is all against it. So this is where this stuff goes. Well, apparently, if if the court, you know, rules after January fourth, he's still going to be back on the ballot. And so this this whole thing is is kind of a smokescreen. Now there may be some other 
states that are able to use this in the meantime, and they and they have it just it just amazes me. It's like they have no grounds for this whatsoever. They're, they're calling him an insurrection. He he participated in an insurrection. No one has been charged with insurrection. Now there was I think there were some groups with the Proud Boys. There was a group of individuals who were uh, uh, convicted, I think, or or at least accused and convicted. And they may have taken a plea deal with lesser charges, but their charges, they were their indictment was that they were uh, it was a conspiracy to commit an insurrection. Now, if you want to look at the definition of an insurrection and see what happened on January sixth, this is not this was not an insurrection. This was an attempt. This was not an attempt to overthrow the results of an election. This was an attempt to stop the steal. What they were calling stop the steal. They wanted a pause. They wanted an investigation into the into the election. And you got Bill Barr coming out the next day saying, "Oh no, there was no, no we we know there we didn't see any uh, any any uh, foul play here in this election." And and it's ever since then. There's all this these whistleblowers and all this stuff that has, that has come out since then. Well, exactly how you know how extensive was his investigation? Obviously, it wasn't very extensive because there was a lot of stuff that happened and things that illegal things even that happened by the the legislatures. There's been ruled since then that that they acted on their own. They acted outside of their own state constitutions. What their state, they, they didn't have emergency powers that they enacted to change the, the rules. Of course, they didn't get Mark Zuckerberg involved in investing millions, hundreds of millions of dollars for these, these voting boxes and all the things that he put out there for the purpose of, you know, the, having the mules do their, do their job. All the absentee ballots and everything else that happened. It's, it's out of control. And I know it's Christmas time, and I'd really rather be talking about other things. I really would. But um, I just think the, the level of corruption here is just, is just unbelievable, and they're, they're, they're emphatic. Just they're delusional, just drive to get blind rage to get, to get Trump off the, of the ballot here is just unbelievable. So scared of the guy, and yet, why, why are you? They're afraid that a guy could win. They wouldn't be. They wouldn't be concerned about it if they, if they thought he could couldn't win. Now, now, why? Why would you think he could win? I thought you beat him so handily the first time. Why would you think he could win the second time? That's. It, it's just. It makes no sense to me. It doesn't add up. If they're so confident that that Trump is such a hated person in the in the world, trying to convince us he's he's just he's just a, such a hated person. Nobody likes the guy. Even his own people are turning on him. Well, why are you scared, scared of him then? Because they have no message. And, and of course, Joe Biden's not the one running. They're, they're, they're allowing us to waste all of our resources on going after Joe Biden. He's not going to even be the one. He, he's certainly not going to finish out his term if he does go through this whole process. But I'm saying I'm 95% convinced he's not going to be on the ballot in November of 2024. And I think there's a lot of other people out there who are much, much heavier involved in politics who would have the same attitude. Go right along with that idea. Speaking of Vivek, uh, <laughs> uh, Vivek was on Jimmy Dore. Now, I, Jimmy Dore, I, I, I used to not like Jimmy at all, but I listened to him because I just was, he, he was kind of the epitome of what was going on on the, on the left. Now, he, has, he had Vivek on, and he had, I think he, he interviewed him for almost an hour. It was 45 minutes or so. I listened to the whole thing, and it was actually a very, very good interview. And, and Jimmy did a very good job 
of asking his questions and letting and having a com- <coughs> excuse me having a conversation, which is what I appreciate about Jimmy. You can ha- you can actually have a conversation with him. There are a few things he's a little bit overly passionate about, and he has some very implicit bias on. However, um, and one of those things is, is what's going on in Gaza. He has been unfortunately indoctrinated by a, a one Norman Finkelstein. Finkelstein. And I've talked about Norman on this on this show before. Norman is an extremely well, he's extremely biased. But he's how do I say this? The man's a fraud. He's a liar. And the things he says about about Gaza, he rattles off these statistics that just drive me nuts because they do not make sense. And unfortunately, Jimmy has had him on the show, and he and he he rattled off all these statistics, and Jimmy just took him at his word with him. He's never—I don't think he's ever researched anything that he said. And you can find other people out there that'll say the same things. Of course, Norman says there's two million people there. Half of them are children. Uh, half half the population is unemployed. It's at the highest dense. It's the most densely populated place on the planet. It is the largest outdoor uh, open air prison on the planet. Um, on and on and on. He just did all these statistics. When you start going through all these statistics that he, that he throws out there, none, none of them make any sense. His numbers don't make any sense. When we start getting these numbers of how many people have been killed in Gaza, 15,000, 20,000, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, it's always an even number. There's never any, any you know, bodies. We don't see any, you, don't, you don't see bodies unless they're, you know, t- who knows whether they're real or not. Just, just, almost, in my opinion, the pictures that I've seen look staged. I, I hate to say it. I'm sure there's some some other pictures coming out. I, I just haven't seen that much that looks genuinely authentic to me. Now, they'll show pictures of things being blown up. Look at it. They blew up this entire neighborhood. How, do you know how many people were there? Anybody, was there anybody in that neighborhood when they blew it up? What's the scale of what we're, what we're looking at here? It's... it's do we even know if that's even Gaza? Because they've, they, we've already caught things where they've, they've shown things that are going on, all this stuff that happens, and come to find out it wasn't Gaza. It was the West Bank. It was other places. And it happened four years ago. And they got this video and they'll show this. Vi- this is the kind of stuff we're getting. Okay, may I remind you, not that long ago, we heard about a hospital where exactly 500 people were killed. 500 people were killed. Oh, really? Not 499, not 501, 500, exactly. 500 people were killed when, a, when, when Israel bombed a hospital. And of course, that's all they're bombing is hospitals and, and, and retreatment centers and, and uh, you know, aid places. That's all, that's all they're bombing. It's genocide. That's all we're hearing. May I remind you that that hospital that was bombed was not a hospital. It wasn't Israel, and no one was killed. It was a parking lot. There was a spin-off Hamas group that shot a rocket at Israel. It didn't make it. It landed in this parking lot, blew up, and all of a sudden, the hospital of 500 people died. That's what we were told. This is the kind of crap that they put out. And frankly, what infuriates me about this is that we don't get the truth. 
it is all done for propaganda to get us riled up. And these people who are out there, now the, of all people, Alec Baldwin was accosted the other day in, on the street somewhere where he was going to a, a set to just talk about, to talk to actors about stuff, doing like a little seminar. And they got confronted by this group of protesters protesting for, you know, Gaza. And they wanted to know, they pinned, practically pinned him, you know, up and basically surrounded him. And they were asking him what his thoughts, you know, what, what he, where he stood on, on, on Gaza. Wanted him, wanted to know. And he kind of pushed back and he wouldn't answer any questions. He said, these are stupid questions. And he, he, they, he, they had to have the bodyguards pull him out of the place. To get him through. This is very reminiscent of what was going on with BLM when they would walk into restaurants and walk up to your table and say, say Black Lives Matter. You have to say it. Oh, you're not a fascist, are you? That's fascism right there when you're forced to say something, when you're forced to, to go along with the political movement. If you didn't do it, they would smash your table or do whatever else they were going to do with you. And, that's, and they got away with this whole, all this stuff. But they're on the right side of the law, right side of the, well, they're on the right side of this issue. So, so again, all this stuff is going on. And so Jimmy Dore had this, Vivek answered the questions extremely well. He, he, he did try to sidestep that issue to some degree. He was, he was kind of going on, but I, but I, I do agree with his where he's coming from. And it, almost all the questions that he answered for Jimmy, he, Jimmy actually agreed with him. Now, they didn't deep dive on a few things that they could have, and I, I think he's going to probably go back and do that. But I think Jimmy was actually taken back by all this because he actually agrees with most of the stuff that, that Vivek is saying. His, his stand and his, his, uh, his philosophy. But, the, but again, they had a conversation. This wasn't, this wasn't a soundbite, I'm going to attack you and then I'm going to interrupt you as you're explaining yourself. He let him explain himself. And sometimes Vivek takes some time to explain himself because it is complicated. And he did a very good job. I thought he was very articulate in the whole process. And I thought Jimmy, kudos to him. He gave him time and gave him credit for things he answered correctly and the things that he agreed with and told him he didn't agree. And they could still have a discussion. But now he did get a little heated when it came to Gaza. And I'm, I'm convinced that Jimmy has been fed Enough information that has caused him to get very passionate about something that really, I think he's wrong about. Now, I disagree with Jimmy on a, on a lot of things so socially in terms of social policy. Um, but he has really come around. He's one of those people who, you know, ever since he got injured by the vaccine and realized, hey, this, this is not what they uh, claimed. There, there was a really funny uh, apparently, Dana Carvey and um, and Adam Adam Spade is that his name? They were <laughs> they were on a podcast. Those guys could be in a movie, and they could be brothers. They could probably be twins. That when there, one of the comments in in the <laughs> the video was that moment when you realize these are two different people because <laughs> everybody sees one and thinks of the other because uh, they 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 do act and look so much alike. They they, they really do. Their, their comedy is very similar, but that they, they were going back and forth, and they were one of them was doing this this, this uh, impression of Anthony Fauci, and 
and they were really making fun of the vaccine and Anthony Fauci really big time. And it was, it was, it was pretty powerful, really. It was, it was pretty good. Um, and of course, you know, there's still, you know, we're still talking about masks. We still talk about all this stuff and, and it's, people won't take a step back and realize, you know, you were willing to yell at people, beat them up, throw them out of stores because they weren't wearing a mask. If you take a moment to just step back and realize if, if everybody's wearing these masks, which, you know, 95% of the country was, and this thing was still spreading like wildfire, you might think about, hey, does, do these masks even help at all? The best estimate is at, at best about a half of a percent maybe change in the spread. There are other studies that were done that were credible studies that actually went both ways. Some of them said that masks actually make it worse. So really the effect of the mask, if you want to just be fair and say it is zero, they are 0% effectiveness. That's, that's where I, I land on it. And so Go, you know, wear your mask if you want to, but don't force other people to wear this stupid thing. If, it, if, it, if there's so much protection from a mask, then you wear it and you protect yourself. I'll swim without a life jacket. Thank you very much. You wear your life jacket. It'll protect you. It's the thing I can't, I don't understand about the whole helmet law. Indiana has a, you know, we don't want to, you can ride a motorcycle without a helmet. Well, it's freedom. It's just for you. You decide. Okay. Why do I have to wear a seatbelt then? Well, because you're... All right, whatever. Some could argue, well, it keeps you in your seat. Well, it keeps your head on your body while you're you know, flying over, riding your motorcycle through. So I don't know. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's, it's just the way it works here in the country, I guess. So we have um, <clears throat> this stuff going on. So the whole thing with with the with the Colorado thing is it's dangerous because other other states could use it as a precedent. We have this other issue with the whole Gaza thing that's going on and everything that's happening there. Um, and then we have the the you know the Trump cases, uh, which are are up you know kind of moving along. And the, apparently this gag order thing is kind of a it's it's kind of a tipping point. Could be an issue as well, and it could cause this whole thing to be thrown out. Now I think there's one appeal right now that that uh, tr the Trump lawyers have filed that could throw the entire uh, January 6th thing out on its, on its, on its leg. I think it's, uh, it's teetering on some, and that's, and that's why Jack Smith is trying to get this thing gone, gone through before Super Tuesday. Now, again, um, there, it, he claims it's not political, but yet he wants to get it done before, the, before Trump has a chance to get up, you know, to win the nomination. So if, it just, if all he cared about was justice, he would just do the, you know, the normal process, which takes about a year and a half to get through this kind of a process. But he's not trying to shove it through. No, it's not political at all, no. Now, Fawny Willis um, is under, the, under some scrutiny re recently. She is being shown to be a fraud as well. Now, there's been a lot of information and criteria and even some evidence apparently that's been very questionable to say the least uh basically uh i guess the word is uh 
falsified in some of this stuff. The letters of apology, except for the case of Jenna Ellis, who I think has just gone off the deep end. She's just become a, a sponge, basically. She's a squid, I would say. Uh, an octopus. No, like a person who a person who has no spine whatsoever. Um, she, uh, all the others were just basically a like I think. Um, who was the gal who was the the Kraken? Uh, released the Kraken lady. Can't remember her name right now. Uh, she she basically her apology was thirteen words long. I apologize for whatever you know whatever. Uh, there, a couple other guys were maybe 26 or 27 words long. These apologies aren't, they were saying, oh, these apologies are going to, you know, they're going to use these in court against Trump. They're going to they're testify against Trump. What they're, what the apologies are for and things that they, and, and these are all what they call, uh, it's called deviation charges. In other words, if they stay, they're, they're going to be on probation. And once they get off probation, if they don't have any, commit any other crimes within a certain, like 18 months or whatever, they, the, the entire charge goes away completely. It gets, it gets expunged as if it never existed. One guy had written a, a, like a two-page letter apology thing, but it was actually very, 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 very precise and very um, detailed on what he was apologizing for and why he was doing it and and how it didn't relate to anything to do with with Trump. He would, you know, he didn't act out. So, so they can't use any of that apology. They can't use any of this confession uh, or this plea deal for to go against Trump. They, they were very careful. They, all of them protected protected Trump in the whole process and, and protected everybody in the whole process. Now, having said all of that, I think it's uh, high time to probably keep moving on so I can get this thing published and get it out there and I can go to, I can take the trash out. It's trash day and I'm talking trash today. Tomorrow morning, there'll be a show at the normal time, uh, early in the morning. And basically, uh, the plan is to have a little bit more information, a little bit more content with regard to some recordings. I know I want to, I'd like to play a few things that um, Liz Cheney said, uh, some things that uh, that have been said in the past about elections and about um, oh the whole Hunter Biden thing and his contempt for Congress and how what the what the Democrats said about Bannon when he when he refused to to report to uh, Congress and how he got arrested for that. Now they're they're trying to excuse Hunter Biden for the same thing. We're doing the same thing. And it's, it's just amazing. So there's there's a lot of clips out there where they're playing. This one guy consolidated all these clips that the, the Democrats said during the time that Bannon was out there. And how you are, everybody from Schiff to Kinzinger, everybody else. Folks, I'll be here tomorrow morning. Hopefully, I have a fairly early show produced and out there. So in the meantime, keep praying for our nation, pray for each other. God bless, folks, and have a happy holiday season. I'll be talking to you.